How are we doing today? Good morning. So good to see each and every one of you here at church. My name is Cody. My wife Callie and I serve on the team here, and I'm excited to bring the word with you. I just want to echo what uh, Rex and Stephanie said of just welcoming all of our guests and want to take the time and welcome all of those that are watching online today. Come on, Heartland, would you help me welcome all of those to church today? You guys didn't know it, but we have some Florida Beach campuses this week. They're enjoying the beach, maybe on vacation. We're glad that you are getting some rest. But man, it's an exciting summer here at Heartland. I want to remind you of a few things. This week, we will not be having our first Wednesday experience. Uh, we are going to take the month of July off uh, as we're getting into the 4th of July, into the holiday season. So don't show up to church because we're not going to be here. Um, and we are moving our first Saturday uh, experience um, with the outreaches that we do to the second and the fourth um, Saturdays of the month. So if you want to be a part of that, join us for the second Saturday and be a part of that. And man, next week is going to be an exciting week. Pastor Dusty will be back and we'll be doing Honor Weekend. Um, and that is where we're going to honor all of our first responders, uh, our teachers, our military, and, and just spend the day honoring the people that have laid down their lives uh, to set and sacrifice for so much. So be a part of that. That's going to be an amazing weekend. And then July 10th, we're doing a one-week summer blockbuster at the movies experience, and that is going to be awesome, um, and you won't want to miss that. We'll have the Coke. We'll have the popcorn. We'll have the movie. It will be a blast, but this will be um, something that we do, just a preview um, something of a series that we do in November um, to kind of give you a taste. Um, it's an evangelistic ser uh, series and uh, one that we want to invite uh, all your friends to. So we're giving you a preview so you know what it's like, so you know what to expect. So be sure to join us for that. And then I'm excited because in two weeks we get leave, or no, next week, not two weeks, boy, we leave for now camp, now youth camp. And so our team is going to be spending about two weeks there, but our students will be there the first week, July 4th through the 8th, and we're going to have about 700 students on the campgrounds uh, over the two weeks, and it's going to be amazing. T tomorrow is actually the last day for your student to register uh, to be a part of camp. This is not something that they'll want to miss. It will be the best part of their summer. So go to theheartlandchurch.com forward slash students to make sure that you register your student and would you guys just help us, and you, I know you will, just pray for those students um, and um, you know, just, be, just be in prayer with us because I, I believe this could be the most impactful now camp that we have um, ever. It's the 25th year of the camp, um, 25 years, I can't believe it, but um, I, just, I want you to know you're a part of that. You're a part of that with your generosity, with your giving, and with your prayers. So thanks for believing in the next gen. All right, I got through the announcements. I'm ready to preach. Um, go, if you have your Bible, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And uh, just want to go ahead and go straight into it. So uh, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We take captive 
every thought to make it obedient to Christ. See, every single person in this room is in a battle. You're you're in a battle. We wake up every day in a battle. And this battle follows us wherever we are, whether we go to work or whether we go to school. This battle is a daily battle. This battle is something that we have to fight for because the enemy can overtake us. It can rob us of our potential. It can rob us of the dreams that we may have. It can rob us of the things um, that we see in our own lives. And it's the battle of our mind. It's the battle of our thoughts. In fact, the biggest battle you will fight is the battle of your mind. I'm gonna gonna say it again. The biggest battle you will fight is the battle of your mind. How many of you know that the mind can be a powerful tool? And how many also know that it can be your greatest enemy? As Christians, if we are too casual with our thought life, the enemy can win the battle. And if we are naive and we don't take it seriously, then because our enemy, he very much attacks our mind. We're in a battle. We're in a battle. You know, growing up, I played uh, sports. I love sports. I think they're a microcosm of life because you can have so many life lessons from sports. I mean, I just, I just love sports. It's who I am. It's in my DNA. Um, and I, I think there's a particular aspect of sports that I personally enjoy, uh, and it's the trash-talking of sports. And there's a couple different kind of trash-talkers. Let me give you a little lesson, a little, a little, uh, little insight here. Is, uh, there, there's uh, the, talk, uh, the people that talk trash uh, while they're winning, um, because they, they, not only do they want to win, they want to embarrass you. They want to let you know about it, okay? We call those the Devin Bookers, you know? Can only do it whenever he's in the lead. Uh, there's the ones that uh, they talk trash when they make a good play, okay? Those are the people that, you know, they get a touchdown and they do a celebration and it's all in good fun. But they're talking trash because they care more about themselves than they do the team. Ooh, that's tough. Then, then there's the, the people that talk trash uh, because they just, they just do it all the time. It's the only way they know how to play the game. I call this the Sean Slowinski. It, it gets them going. Like It's the only way that they know how to play. It's the, only, it's the only way that they know how to play. And I'll let you decide where you think I fall in those. But uh, I've been told that I take on a different persona whenever I step onto the court uh, or to the field. Um, you know, even though if I'm not the best player on the playing field or on the court, I tell myself, Cody, there's no one better than you. There's not a, there's not a single person better because I'm trying to get a mental edge on the appoint, uh, opponent. So in, in baseball, uh, my, pos- my position was uh, a catcher. Um, in my, po- my opinion, it's the most important position on the field. Why? Because I played it. So I, put, I started playing, uh, I was a catcher from, from my time I was in second grade all the way until I graduated high school. Um, that's a long time. I have really bad knees. Thanks for asking. Um, 
But the reason I started is because the catcher was the person that touched the ball every time. So, of course, as a second grader, I wanted to be in that position. I didn't want to just sit in the field and wait for the ball to come to me. I made sure to get involved. But it's the most important um, if you've never played before because there's a lot that goes through um, the mind of a catcher whenever he is playing. There, there, first of all, the, the catcher has to remember the person that is up to bat their last at bat a lot of times. So they, they need to find out, okay, their last at bat, uh, we threw a couple fastballs to him and he hit it really hard, even though it was a foul ball, he's looking for fastball, but he struggled with the off-speed pitches, okay? So we're thinking this the whole time when their next at bat comes. Another thing that a catcher is uh, really prides himself in and I, I can speak from experience, is, is when the catcher gets to throw someone out that when they try to steal the base, okay? So to first to second base, I think there's like a 50-50 chance of the catcher beating it out because if they don't, it's because of the pitcher, they moved too slow, they didn't throw the ball fast enough. It's never the catcher's fault, let me just tell you. <laughs> but to second to third, now I just took the attitude that if you try to steal second to third on me, you were dead in the water. There was not a chance that you were going to make it, and I was going to uh, I was going to throw you out. I found it personally insulting when a coach did it to me. And I remember there was this one time in tenth grade. It was our first game of the baseball season. It was opening day for us. We're on the road, and I'm catching the game. And uh, the opposing team's coach just over and over kept trying to steal. Now, at the beginning of a game, it makes sense, right? It, like you're trying to be aggressive and you're trying to test the catcher's arm. And I, I believed I passed that test. I think I threw two of the three guys out um, at second base and, you know, on a rope, just got them. Um, you know, just humble brag here. Um, and so I, I started to feel a little disrespected because he kept, he kept trying to steal bases on me. I was like, what is this guy doing? Does he not know? I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw his kids out. So I think it was around the fourth inning. It's a critical point of the game. Our pitcher is literally throwing a no-hitter at this point. So every, uh, the tensions are high. The tensions, by the way, uh, Houston Astros no-hit the uh, New York Yankees yesterday. Thank you very much. Uh, but just had to throw that in there, you know, because I'm up here. Um, but... It's a really critical point. The pitcher throws the ball, and it is, I can already tell, it's going to be right down the middle. It's going to be beautiful. But I can also see there's a guy on second, and he is taking off. And I, I just thought in my mind, there's no way this coach is doing this again. There's no way he's trying to run on me again. So the, the pitch finally comes. I catch it. The guy is out, strikeout. I just throw a rope to third base get him out by a mile, and we are all fired up. Our team is yelling. We're running back to the bench. I rip off my helmet. I look the coach dead in the eye. I said, keep sending him. I'll talk trash. I failed to mention my dad was the coach of our team, and he did not like the fact that I did that. But every day, we have an enemy that is talking trash. We, we have enemy that is doing the chatter, that's, that is in our minds trying to talk the trash. Every day, 
we have an enemy that's looking to get a mental edge. And if we're too casual, we'll lose. Too many times I think Christians are a little bit timid when it comes to their thought life or to their problems. Lord, if you, if you just, if you don't have anything going on today, I would appreciate if you would remove this thing from my life. And yeah, thank you, appreciate you. Um, just timid. But I wanted to go back to the text that we read. Paul uses some very strong language. We, we demolish strongholds. We demolish them. We demolish arguments. We demolish pretension. We take every thought captive. That's strong language. The Bible is challenging us to pick up our sword and fight everybody. To get into the game. And not to take our thought life casual, but be, to be intentional about every thought. To take every thought captive. It's an everyday battle. And even though the culture may tell you otherwise that, you know, even though you win or lose, you're going to get a trophy, the participation trophy. The goal in sports is, is to play to win the game, everybody. You play to win the game. And if our goal is not to play, the, play to win, then we have the wrong mindset. We play to win, everybody. Do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. So with the rest of my time today, I just want to give just some four simple points of how to win the battle of your mind. You with me today? So number one is being positive is a choice. Being positive is a choice. You notice you never have to look for negative thoughts that they find you. But you do have to be intentionally positive. Negative thoughts can absolutely take over our minds. And if, if we're not careful, it, it, it can just come up to the surface without it even trying. Did you know that studies show that the average person has 50 to 70,000 thoughts a day? That's a lot of thoughts. 70% of those are negative in nature. Have you ever had a bug problem in your home? So I'm from Houston, so we have a lot of bug problems. But there were these things called love bugs. I, I haven't seen them here in Dallas, so you may not know what they are. But there's these, these bugs that are like attached to each other. And if you rip them apart, it's like they multiply. And we would always get these bugs after a huge storm. They would be on all over our porch. And of course... I'm thinking, you know, hey, dad, when are you going to take care of this? I mean, this is, this is a problem. But there's a part of me that feels like we just chose to ignore it sometimes. Uh, they'll go away. But how many of you know you just can't ignore a bug and they go away? They bring their friends. They multiply. And it wasn't until we said, you know what, I, I've got to do something about this. I, I've, I've got to call the exterminator and get rid of these that the bug problem went away. It's the same thing with negative thoughts. 
to, they, they find a way to multiply in our minds. They, they like to just nest in our mind. Until we stand up and say, no, not in this house, they'll never go away. It isn't until we are intentional with our thought patterns that changes start to happen in our thought life. You cannot have a positive life with a negative mind. Oh, but if I choose to be positive all the time, Cody, then I'm being, I'm being fake. I'm not being real. I'm being disingenuous. I'm, I, I got to be real. Being real doesn't mean being negative. There's a lot of people that will say that they're just realists, but really they're just negative because they are not seeing the positive things in their life. We can choose to think on right things. We, we can choose to think on the truths that scripture says. We, we can choose it. Being positive is not being fake. It just gives us a different approach when we have problems. It gives us a different thought process. You see, we attack problems with faith, everybody. We approach problems with an attitude of confidence. Let me show you what the scripture says in Philippians. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So let's, let's reverse it. So we think about whatever is true. We think whatever is noble. We think whatever is right. We can choose to think on these things, everybody. You can choose to be positive. Second thing is we have to make decisions before actions. Don't rely on good intentions. Every sin committed starts in the mind. Most people think on things. They stew on things for days and months on end before the action of the sin ever happens. We either take the temptation captive and squash it or we let it grow and grow and grow and grow until we finally give in. It starts with the mind. Good intentions do not save you from bad decisions. Good intentions do not save you from bad decisions. We are only as strong as we are honest. And if we don't put safeguards in our life in the areas that we know of struggle that we have, we're setting ourselves up for failure, everybody. We're setting ourselves up. Never in my life have I personally made a smart decision in the heat of a moment. When the heat of the moment happens, I'm dumb. It was only when I made decisions before ever getting into the situation that I was able to have the, the, the process of being able to step away from that moment because I had accountability. I had people in my corner. I made decisions. I put in safe guards. First Peter says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Be alert. Be of sober mind. Means, hey, before you get into it, put in safeguards. Make decisions before the action can ever happen. 
We all experience this in different ways, but there, there is something that you are continually struggling with. Maybe it's a, a part of it. Maybe part of the issue is because you just haven't brought it into the light. You haven't put things in place to help stop or slow down the issue. We have to be alert and in a healthy place to put in safeguards in place so that we can put ourselves into better position. We can't rely on good intentions. We can't say, oh, I know that future me is gonna make the right decision. Saying that you're struggling with something is not admitting weakness, it's actually admitting strength. It's showing strength that, hey, I need some help in this area because even though I may not struggle with it right now, I know maybe down the road it could ruin my family. I know, I, I know maybe down the road it can ruin me. You gotta put safeguards in. You gotta make decisions before actions. The third thing we have to do to win the battle of our mind is we have to wash your mind with the word. Wash your mind with the word. I said it earlier, but I wanna say it again. You cannot have a positive life with a negative mind. You know that, honestly, that could be a statement for you that you can say every single day. I, I cannot have a positive life with a negative mind. I cannot have, if you hold on to that truth, that you cannot have a positive life with a negative mind, it can change. And simply being a Christian and saying and showing up to church and, and, and maybe serving and doing all the right things, you, can, you know you can still have a negative mind doing those things? It doesn't make you positive. Being a Christian is about training our minds, how we talk, how we think, to align with God and what his word says. It's not just showing up, but it's knowing how to talk the talk, everybody. The word of God is powerful. And some of you in this room have such a terrible thought life because you haven't picked up your Bible in a couple of months. You've let media or culture tell you the state that you are in instead of letting the truth of God's word wash over you and wash over your life. The word of God is a weapon. It is a weapon. There's not one thing the devil can say to you that the word of God can't fix. There's not one lie in the entire world that the word of God can't replace with the truth. Why do you think scripture is being attacked in this day and age? Why do you think it's being attempted to be discredited all the time? Because the enemy knows that if you can question the word of God, you'll question the truth of God. Let me just give you some scripture. I'm going to rapid fire here. Hebrews says, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, of discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. All scripture, this second Timothy, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent and equipped for every good work. Isaiah says, the grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of God will stand forever. Matthew says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. The word of God is a weapon, everybody. It can help you in your thought life. It can replace lies with truth. You know, we, we talk about this a lot 
It said a lot in our culture in our day and age about the importance of prayer, uh, uh, of reading your Bible, of worshiping. Of, we call them daily disciplines. We call them, we, we think that every person every day should do those three things. And it said so much that I believe if we're not careful, when someone starts talking to you about it and, and tells you, hey, you should do this more often in your life, we may drown it out. We may say, oh, yeah, I've heard that. I'm good. I, 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 I don't need to pay attention to this part. We, we may think we don't need these things all the time, a part of our lives. But the truth is we can't afford not to have these things a part of our lives. Trust me, you'll be glad that you took time to read some scripture, maybe even memorize some scripture whenever you are going through a battle, you are going through a problem, you are going through something that you can't face on your own, and God brings up something from his word that brings peace to your soul. You'll be glad that you put the daily disciplines in your life. You can let the word of God fight your battle. You can let it wash over your life. And the last thing is to invite Jesus into the mix. I know this is a simple thought, but every day that we wake up with negative thoughts, our first reaction should invite, be inviting Jesus into our mind. In, inviting him to be the, the Lord that, that takes over to put on the armor of God. I love what Paul writes in Corinthians. He says, do nothing out of selfish ambition, or, or Philippians, I'm sorry. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. And I want you to pay attention. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. You know, I've never been a boss or uh, someone that is always like overseeing someone. I, I have led some events and projects here at our church where I've had the opportunity to lead uh, volunteers, dream teamers. And no doubt, whenever I am leading someone, my favorite thing that that happens out of it is when I start seeing people think like me. You ever experience that? Where you're working through like your need, the, th the things that you need to get done list and you walk into a meeting and you're, you're about to go through the agenda and you start asking, hey, hey, have we taken care of this or, or have we taken care of that? And before you really even ask the question, someone has, on your team has already answered and said, hey, all that's taken care of. It's a, it's a really good feeling. When I, I feel like, you know, why it feels so good is because you know the time that you spent with that person and you know that, that your thoughts have become some of their thoughts and, and together you can accomplish a lot more and you have a really good working relationship. Where, where am I going with this? I, I think we have to know Jesus. When, when we spend time with Jesus, when we daily put on the mind of Christ and we start caring for what he cares for, I believe he looks down from heaven and he says, yeah, I can work with that. 
I, I, I can do something with that. He gives us weapons going into battle so that we can make an impact in this world because we start thinking the way that our Savior thinks. God has so much in store for each and every person in this room. But if we are trapped by negative thoughts in our own mind, we'll never see the good that God is calling us to. Today, I want to invite you to make a decision. And there's two decisions that I want to talk about. The first is there are many, maybe some of you in this room that you don't have that relationship with Jesus. You haven't made him Lord of your life. You haven't even invited him into your life, into your heart. And you need to make him the Lord of your life. For others, you need to take on the challenge. You need to take on the challenge of going into battle every day and being intentional with your thought life. You've let the weeds grow for too long. You've let things fester and stew in your mind for too long. It's time to let go of those things and choose every day. And I'm choosing joy. I'm choosing peace today. I'm choosing to go into battle today. I'm choosing to be positive. I am choosing to put on the mind of Christ. So with every head bowed today, I want to know how I can pray, how I can uh, help you with that. For, for the first group of people that I was talking about, I want to give you that opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. And this is a call that is not meant to embarrass you. It's actually a very private moment between you and our Savior. But I want, I want to just give you that opportunity because I want to know how to pray for you. And you're not, I'm not, it's not a call to a pastor or to a church. It's a call to Jesus. So right now, I just, if you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, I want you to just raise your hand. One, two, three, raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. You can put your heads down, and I, I just want to pray for you really quickly. You can pray with me. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. It just needs to come from the heart. Just say something along the lines of, Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the longest time I've been trying to do it my own way. I'm tired of the negative thoughts. I'm tired of the brokenness. I'm tired of the waywardness. I'm tired of not knowing what's next. I want to make you the Lord over my life. I want to put you in the driver's seat. I want you to take control. And from this day forward, the best way that I know how, I'll follow you for the rest of my life. And for the other group of people, I, I just want to know if I can pray for you, just if you've been feeling like you've been plagued with these negative thoughts, with negativity in your world, feel like you've just been in the battle of your life with your mind. Come on, if that resonates with you, would you just lift your hands in this place? Thank you. Thank you. You can put those down. Father, you see every hand. You see every person, God, that is just worn out. God, I pray right now that you would be with them, that you would bring them peace today, that you would help them take on this challenge, 
of being intentional with their thought life. That they don't just walk out of here inspired and man, that was a good message, but Lord, that you would start to give them tools, give them weapons. Let them choose to be positive, God. Let them make decisions before action. Let, let, their wor- let the word that you have for them in your word wash over them. And Lord, let us put on the mind of Christ every single day. And we love you and we thank you for it. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, can we just give a hand clap today for all those that made the decision to follow in Jesus? Why don't you stand with me? I want to invite our prayer team to the front here today. If you uh, just, if any part of the service resonated with you and you just are going through something today that you would like prayer for, this team is here ready and available to pray with you, to be with you, uh, and, and to partner with you in this. Uh, I really believe that God moves when uh, we, we come together on things, when we, we share together. And so come to one of these amazing people. They will pray over you. Uh, as we end our service today, just want to say thank you again for all of you that are just so generous and you give so uh, faithfully. Uh, if you'd like to give today, you can do so uh, by dropping in the box at the end of the hall, uh, or you can go to the heartlandchurch.com forward slash give. Uh, we have, again, another incredible Sunday next week as we do Honor Weekend. We hope that you'll join us for that. But thanks so much for being here today. We love you guys. I want to pray over a blessing over you, over your week, and uh, we'll see you the next Sunday. So, Father, we just thank you for life change today. We thank you, oh, Lord, that what you're doing. God, I pray over every person today. God, would you bless them? Would you keep them safe? And, Lord, let them have an amazing week. We love you. We thank you for it. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed. And if you want prayer, come up to the front. We love you.